0: Happy Sunday. Welcome to the Listener Q&A episode, which is listener led. So I'm going to go ahead and hand the mic to Katie who is this week's listener. So Katie, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and how long you've been listening, and then we'll get into your questions. Okay, sounds good. So I've actually only been listening
1: for about six months. So I would say I'm a newer listener. And ironically, I found your podcast through Kat's show. So I have been listening to You Need Therapy. And I think... Four Things with Amy Brown popped up as a suggestion. And I was like, oh, I'll check it out. And it ended up being like my favorite fun podcast. So I started listening because it was enjoyable. But then as I kept listening, you are so good at interweaving- fun with authenticity and kind of honesty about humanity. And it makes me at least, but I'm sure other people feel kind of normal in our humanity and in pursuing change or facing things that we need growth in. And I think that kept me listening. I was like, okay, this is like a real person talking about real things, but in a way that I'm
0: enjoying it. I'm excited to have a newer listener on because some of the others have been B Teamers, which is what we call our loyal Bobby Bone Show listeners. Do you not even listen to the Bobby Bone Show? Okay. So yeah, this should definitely be interesting, like a different take. So where are you coming to us from? So I'm in Tulsa,
1: Oklahoma. I've lived in Tulsa for about 12 years, but I consider myself a Nevadan. So I grew up in Nevada and moved out to Tulsa about 12 years ago um, when my husband and I got married and we have three boys. I was a public school teacher. I'm a homeschool mom. Now I run a nonprofit, kind of all those kinds of things.
0: I love it. Okay. Well, I'm ready for the questions if you want to fire away. And then I feel like then I have questions and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to let you ask (laughs) questions, but later I want to hear more about the nonprofit that you run. For sure. For sure. So let's start with something fun.
1: So you've traveled and lived a lot of different places of all the places you've traveled and lived. What two to three do you enjoy the most?
0: Okay, well, I would hands down move to Pagosa Springs, Colorado in a heartbeat. That is where my sister lives. But her and her husband, they ended up moving there and living there because they enjoyed going there as well. We went there as kids. My sister's husband's family in particular, they went all the time. And his parents have a place nearby. So when they decided to make that move, at first it was a second home. And they would Airbnb when they weren't there and they lived in Austin. And then I think by the time my sister realized her kids were going to be in high school, she was like, oh, I don't want them to go to this big high school. That's just not the experience I want for them. So they decided to pack it up, move to a small town, bought a coffee shop. And now they're going to randomly be on HGTV actually soon (laughs) coming up on Sunday, April 10th. Shout out their (laughs) episode premieres. It's called Building Roots but I love Colorado. I could probably name a handful of towns or cities in Colorado that I would move to. That's really the only place I could see myself living in the United States unless I moved back to Austin. Actually, I just a lie just came out of my mouth (laughs) straight up because I have this burning desire to live in New York, like New York City, like Manhattan in the city. And yeah, I think I've shared this before, how some people... I'm just like, if they've lived there, they kind of tell you all the reasons why you would hate it. And I'm like, well, hey, you got the chance to live there and figure that out for yourself. Like I would like the opportunity to figure that out for myself. And maybe it's a dream that will come true one day. Maybe it's a pipe dream that will never, ever happen. But I love the energy of New York. So I feel like I would thrive there. But who knows, come wintertime when I had to like bundle up and walk all around and like it was a pain to get places, I might end up hating it. But when I visit, I love it. So New York, Austin, which is my hometown, I would move back there because I currently live in Nashville uh, or Pagosa Springs, Colorado. And then part of me thinks that I could if having another home like in Haiti somewhere and it was safe. I would have a place on one of the beautiful beaches in Haiti. And that way I could take my kids back there and their moms could come over and families and we could all hang out and retreat to like a Haitian beach village or something. Which that'd be
1: amazing if you could do that. So basically if you could have four homes, (laughs) (laughs) it would be ideal Four different places. I like the
0: way you're thinking. I mean, (laughs) hey, we're dreaming. Why not? Then (laughs) I'll have, I've got a penthouse in New York. I have... Something in the Texas hill country, like near Austin, since I've, New York gives me that downtown living vibe, Mm -hmm. then I could stay in Nashville and then I could have a mountain home in Colorado. I like the way you think there's, and then my beach beach retreat in Haiti. Perfect. Perfect.
1: Perfect. (laughs) So you are totally set up to live in multiple places and have lots of exposure to different cultures and like speeds of life, pace of life. It'd be perfect. Yep. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, a little more serious. One of the things that I love about your podcast and you is that you share about therapy openly, and not everybody does, especially not everyone with a platform. And I think the way that you just talk about your journey makes it very relatable to anyone else processing. Okay, I think I need some growth in this place. But often, I think the question always comes up, and at least I'm curious what was the moment your, when you were like, when you were thinking, okay, I, Need to take a step to go into therapy. Like what was that significant moment? Cause it's usually not just like accidental. Like you don't just happen into therapy. You usually choose that. So for you, what was that step that kind of triggered that?
0: Well, I definitely went years and years and years without therapy. But my first exposure to therapy was when I was a child. <laughs> I remember my mom taking me because my parents had split up and I think she just thought, well, that's the thing that we do. And I really didn't like it at all. And we didn't stick with it so I wish I had then I went to therapy a little bit again in in high school and then a little bit teeny tiny bit in college and then I would say after I got married I was always pro-therapy and I would speak of therapy in a way that like oh yeah yeah you should do therapy but was I doing it myself no no We did premarital counseling. And then as we were married, we started to do couples counseling. I mean, my husband was in the military and he was deployed. And when he would come home, I mean, there was just a lot that we needed help with communication wise. So we started seeing couples therapists, but still that's not working on your own self and your own things. And even us, we didn't stick with that. I think it was when, and it was only in the last few years, I knew I wanted help with my eating disorder. And I knew I wanted it gone, which I think that's what drove me there to therapy like in college was because I was really struggling with it then. And I wanted help. I was desperate. Let me back up a little bit because my mom passed away in 2014 and I went to therapy immediately following that. But even then, didn't stick with it. I would find reasons of why, oh, I didn't really like that person. And then booking another person would be hard. And, you know, then we adopted our kids. And I thought, I'm going to have to get them in therapy. And now we're all loaded up in therapy. Fast forward, here we are. But I would say even after the death of my mom, throughout my life, it was circumstantial, right? It was like an event would happen, I would go to therapy. So this is my long-winded way of saying that now I'm to a point where I'm consistently going and it's not circumstantial. I've been dedicated to going the last couple of years because I went in wanting help with the eating disorder, but then also at the same time realized some things from my friends that they had shared that they notice about me and I got curious about unpacking that. Like I had no idea my friends saw me this way and I don't want to be that. So then it was layered into working on myself, working on the eating disorder, working on becoming a better mom because some of my friendship stuff, actually I saw showing up in how I was parenting because I wasn't able to connect with my kids the way that I wanted to. And then other circumstantial life things just totally Hit me (laughs) like sucker punched me one, two, where I was like, Oh, yay, I'm glad I'm already in therapy. But it's almost like I had to build even more of a team and more support. And I say this all with a huge understanding of the privilege that I have to have access to the tools and resources and people that I do because not everybody does. And I think that I'm rounding a corner where, where maybe I won't need such a team. I can maybe taper back. I don't think someone needs to be in therapy every week for the rest of their lives. You can go in and out of seasons, but I am just thankful that I'm open to doing that if that's what I need to do for me. But I hope that I'm rounding a corner where I can back down from some things. I'm not as intense as where I was probably about six, seven months ago. But again, there was some circumstantial stuff. And every therapist that has been in my life the last couple of years has offered me a gift. Like they have taught me things and shown me things and helped me dig a little bit deeper. And I think that I have benefited from these people because I've been willing. I hit a place where I was like, whatever you need me to do. And I had to do the work. It's not like I was like, whatever you tell me, I'll do it. Or whatever you say, that's what it will be. Because I've been in desperate times where that's what I wanted. I'm like, can you just tell me exactly? And they're like, no, Amy, you have to work to figure that out. I can just help guide you and get you there. So I think eating disorder, loss of parents, other relationship things, adopted children, There's things that have helped me (laughs) want to stay on the therapy train. But I think it's just dipping your toe in the water. And then when you realize, oh, wow, almost like the fruits of your labor. Like I know there's certain stuff that became very apparent to me through therapy that I was like, oh, I need to work on that. And I know that I've worked on it. And then you see the progress in yourself, and then other people around you see the progress. And you're like, oh, well, this is fun. Working on yourself can actually be exciting, not daunting, even though to be real, there are days that are super daunting. It's just like this excitement to want to be better and and live because there's days where I just want to like go get in my bed and go and just cover my head and not see the world. But because I've been putting in the work and I've been given these amazing tools some of which I share here on the podcast and through other experts that come on. I'm not an expert, by the way, by other experts. I mean, in addition to like Kat Defada, who hosts You Need Therapy because she co-hosts The Fifth Thing with me and other people that are in my life. I don't run to my room and hide under my bed in my covers. And I'm not saying those days might not come but I don't want that for my listeners. Like I don't want them to have those days. Now, some people, depending on if it's like severe depression, it's not even like they get to really make that choice. They're just really, really stuck in a dark place. So I'm sensitive when I say this too, that it's not like, Oh, just grab some tools, put them in your toolbox and you'll be good to go. But yeah, I could go on and on and on about this as you can tell, but, and you're just like shaking your head, Katie, you're so cute. (laughs) Well, what I are think, your thoughts on that? Well, I think you just shared so many
1: valuable things. And I think, I mean, first of all, it sounds like just reflecting back, you did a lot of therapy that was kind of reactionary to circumstances, right? So that was the beginning. So you had a lot of exposure to therapy, but this choice, and it wasn't, it doesn't sound like it was even a like it was a growth choice, not necessarily therapy is the thing that you have to do, but you made a a considerable choice to have personal growth. And therapy is one of the ways that you have put that work in. And I think you said something along the lines of you wanted to live your life and That resonates so much as I'm listening to you. I am nodding my head through the whole thing that you shared because it's more than, oh, I should go to therapy and it's just hard work and I'm gonna have bad days. And yes, therapy is daunting and exhausting. And there are days you do wanna get under your covers, but as you gain more tools and as you learn more about yourself and feel more whole, you have more to give and more like life inside of you as well. And it's so exciting, which kind of leads me into the next question, because kind of as, as people think about therapy, especially if you haven't been in therapy. So for me, therapy was something that was always scary. So I did a lot of other healing and growth steps first before I ever went to therapy because it sounded so scary and it is hard work. And I didn't know if I wanted to put the hard work in. Um, So I think it can kind of get this negative connotation of, oh, it's going to be hard and daunting and a lot of emotional pain. And that's true. It is hard work. You do face things that can be difficult, but in my experience, and I'm assuming yours as well, there's so much good that comes out of a season of healing and growth, whether that's therapy or some other process of healing and growth. So I want to hear from you, what have been the benefits in your life of having gone through therapy? Like what are the actual things that you see as good out of this?
0: What have been
1: the benefits in your life of having gone through therapy? Like, what are the actual things that you see as good out of this?
0: I would say a big one is like the mind-body-spirit connection. Like I'm way more connected Than I ever have been. And I know that I had a lot of unexplained rage or anger, and I'm not an angry person, but I would just boil over and lose it, especially after we got our kids. And they came to America about four years ago. So just to put it in context for time, like the, where I am in therapy, because I've only been doing the intense therapy the last two to three years and kids arrived four years ago. So a year, year and a half, I mean, and it was very stressful getting a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old who didn't speak English and have their own trauma. And they had just left the only country they ever knew. And you're kind of thinking, oh, we're here to give you this amazing life. And then they're like, wait, what? <laughs> we don't want to sleep alone. We've only slept with other people our entire lives. And now you're giving us our own bedroom, which of course we would think would be amazing. Well, anyway, of course we knew that was a possibility it would happen, but you end up not getting great sleep. So then not only are you stressed, but you're tired. So all these things started to pile on, all that too. Um, My husband and I had some stuff going on in our relationship. My eating disorder was in full force. So I was only... A couple years after losing my mom, that same year we got the kids, like within four to five months of getting the kids, my dog of the 10 years died and then my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And so no wonder I had some like rage popping up because I, I wasn't in therapy. I wasn't really doing the work. I wasn't given or wasn't didn't have tools readily available for myself. And so I would do these things where I would just snap and I would yell And I would slam things and people would probably be shocked to hear that I behaved this way, almost like a child. (laughs) And I was scaring my children, which I know other parents have these moments. And I actually don't feel shame in it because anytime I've shared it with any other mom or dad or anybody, they're like, oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Like, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. And you can't beat yourself up over it at all. But I didn't want to be stuck in that. And I have noticed my rage. I don't even have it. Like I used to think, oh, this is hormones. I'm probably just going to live with this the rest of my life. And I actually probably use the hormones as an excuse. And sure, it's not that I don't have hormonal days, but it's nowhere near what it was. It's wild. I even tell my therapist about, I'm like, you would be shocked at how calm I was. During this, this thing happened to me and this would have sent me into a frenzy a couple years ago. And now I'm like, cool as a cucumber. It's not that I'm not phased by it and it's not that I'm just like letting it roll off my back, but it just doesn't affect me in the way it doesn't have power over me because again i'm in a more even place mind body and spirit and i'm more connected with myself and i know what's really important and i can calm myself down and i have breathing exercises and i set boundaries so maybe certain things i set boundaries with myself i set boundaries with other people and i'm not still great at that boundaries are still really hard by the way fyi i don't know if they ever get easy i hope so but Like there's been times where I've had to set boundaries where I ended up like hyperventilating in my car over it. So that's also me saying boundaries are hard, but I'm to the point now where maybe if I have to make a tough call like that, hopefully I'm not hyperventilating in my car. But if I am, guess what? I have the tools for my hyperventilating. So now I can hopefully reset and try to, if I do have anxiety or stress about something, I can navigate through it, And it doesn't last as long as it would have. And another thing, I mean, when you have an eating disorder, that was a way of me numbing out to a lot of my feelings. And now that I am in recovery, I think too, that has allowed me space to really process certain things in a faster way, because I'm not just stuffing them down and numb, like numbing out. With that, I no longer have that as a tool because that's a tool too. So no shame if that's what you do to deal with life. I have a lot of empathy for you in that area and I hope you can get out of that, but you are doing the best you can to deal with life and some that's where other things come into play. And for me, it was an eating disorder for other people. It might be something else that they use to numb out and I hope that you can get through that. But it's very freeing to see now that I don't have that as a way to distract from everything. I deal with things a lot faster. And I think neurofeedback has been huge for me too in doing whatever the heck it's doing with my brain. Quite honestly, I'm still fascinated by it. But my ADD, it's helping with that so much. And it's I think that's helping my with me getting overwhelmed. But again, I say that with privilege for being able to have a neurofeedback therapist and go. And again, that's not a forever thing, but it is something I am choosing to invest in right now because my personal one-on-one therapist thought it would be beneficial for me. And gosh, I'm so glad she did because it's been a game changer. And I'm I'm continuing with it until I feel like the time is up. When I look at my budget and not like there's things where I've had to be like, okay, I'm going to stop doing that because I want to keep doing this. And that therapy is something that's just, it's winning over other things that I would maybe spend on myself now. It's like, I know that I need to do this for the betterment of me. And that is okay to focus on me and for the betterment of my family and for the betterment of my relationships and my career. And the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, I was asking the
1: benefits of therapy for you. And what I'm hearing is more integration, mind, body, spirit. And I'm also hearing self-awareness. So you're aware of what you're feeling, but you also now have tools for when you're aware. Because if you're self-aware without tools, it can be overwhelming. Okay, I'm angry. Well, what do I do? And what you shared about rage, I totally relate to. That's kind of what sent me on my growth journey was I don't understand why I'm reacting to my kids the way I am. And I was loud and harsh in my tone and angry at times. And you get surprised when you're starting to realize I have emotions going on that I don't know what to do. with. So if you're self-aware without tools, that can be a tricky spot. So not only are you connected, mind, body, spirit, you're self-aware of your emotions, but then you moved into having tools for those emotions and being able to move past. It's almost like I think from what I'm hearing you say, the eating disorder was a way of coping with what life was throwing at you. But then there's another stage where now you can actually feel what you're feeling and process through it without turning towards the numbing out space. And so it sounds like you're really integrated, you're whole, you're present, you're equipped to move through what's happening in life at a more stable and kind of even keel place. Not that you don't feel things, but you know what to do with what you feel.
0: Yeah. Equipped is a good word. And I wouldn't say I have this thing, you know, down perfectly. And those that are uh, close to me, you know, it's not, I never want to come off like, oh yeah, I've got this all figured out. Now I'm just like this, you know, I got all the tools and being in a relationship with me in any sort of way is super fun. I mean, no, I mean, I think that it allows me to just have grace for myself and grace for others and a level of understanding too, of like, look at all what I had going on. And if someone else is reacting or behaving a certain way, I don't have any judgment about it. I'm just like, oh, I wonder what might be going on with them today. And then it helps me not obsess over things like I used to, because I would get fixated on things or why are they acting that way? And I would make it about me and it wasn't about me and just more compassion and understanding for others. But also for myself. And I think that that's a good place to be and wanting to continuously do the work and whether that's actually in active weekly therapy or every other week or not, you can still find ways to be reading books or listening to certain podcasts or following certain accounts that are going to challenge you and enlighten you and encourage you. Like what what are you bringing into your life? Because there's there's other ways to get that information, you know, without having to go to therapy. So, you know, I just just want to make sure that I'm not coming off as like, oh, I've got this all down because I don't. But I'm, I'm willing to face it and I'm willing to, I think I receive information better from others. I don't take things so personally anymore. I'm like, oh, wow, thank you for sharing that. I, I actually had no idea you felt that way or that you were experiencing me in that way. And that's not how I want that to be. I can't obsess over something. I used to have thoughts in a loop and have anxiety about certain things over and over, but I've had to release that and not get too attached to certain things because then that can cause a whole nother slew of issues. And the letting go of that has been offered me more peace because all I can do is focus on myself. I can't worry about what someone else is thinking or doing. It doesn't mean I don't care at all. That was weird for me to wrap my hands around because I'm like, oh, but if I do that, then they might think that I don't care. My therapist often says, well, that's not your side of the street, actually. That's actually, it's not your problem to really even worry about that. Their opinion of you is not your problem at all. Because I know at the end of the day, look, I've tried my best and I've been kind and I don't, you know, I don't know what else to do with that. But does that, does that part make sense? That's just my yeah. disclaimer of like, I'm not an expert at all. <laughs> well,
1: I think that's really important. I think more you can celebrate the growth you've had, which is what you're doing. And you're still a human on a journey. So yes, you haven't arrived. You're not perfected. That wouldn't, I mean, that wouldn't be realistic. And that'd be a whole other, if perfection was the goal, that would be a whole other issue <laughs> that we would be dealing with. But that you're on a growth journey and you can celebrate where you've been is really beautiful. And it also, that taking in people's opinions is really, I can look at it and then I can release it. And that's a really huge step. And I think probably there's a lot of us who are like, oh, that that idea feels really good. If I could take it in and release it without that loop that you're describing, that would feel so nice to interact with people that way, which would be another benefit of doing hard work like therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so this is where you are now. So kind of my last question, when you envision
0: yourself 10 years from now, what do you hope you'll be like? Okay, well, if we do my math, I would be 51 years old. Okay. And gosh, that seems crazy. To me, I've more than half of my life to live cuz the average life expectancy is 78 and a half years old. Ooh. So, you know, can I see myself in my penthouse in New York City? <laughs> I hope that we have raised two amazing kids that are now starting a life of their own. I think at that point, my daughter will be mid-20s and my son would be early 20s. I hope I'm doing something that I love, which is I've really enjoyed my time on the Bobby Bone Show. I have no idea if 10 years from now, we would still be doing that. That would be crazy to think about if Bobby Lunchbox and I, we started together in our early to mid-20s, and then at 51, if we were still doing it. But I love being able to connect with people, so still doing something along the lines of that. What do you hope you'll be
1: like? If you could pick two character qualities, what do you most hope you embody at 51?
0: I hope that I have meaningful connections with people, quality relationships, not quantity, and that I've created a community (laughs) with my family, but also my friends because family doesn't have to be blood, but I want a tight knit group of people that I feel safe with. I don't think it will take 10 years to get there. I already have some of those people in my life, by the way, but I, I want that to be nurtured like a plant. Like I've got it now and we just continue to add water to it and it grows and it blooms and there's So many memories that we have made over the last 10 years. And I see myself hopefully taking like meaningful trips with people. That's not something I do a lot of. Like if I were to look into the future, how I'd want to live if I do and when I have the time to do it, like really intentional trips of connection. Like, I don't know, do we do some therapy retreat somewhere, but like with people, not alone. I've done some of those things alone, but like with people. So I hope I'm connected because again, that part of me is something that's still new is, is nurturing certain relationships that I have and really trying to dig into them. And, you know, I hope that that, you know, we, I see the fruits of that labor in those relationships. So I'm hopeful for that. And then who knows, like, I don't want to push the grandma thing too soon, (laughs) but if my kids were to, (laughs) hopefully they wait. Till they're like 30 something, but who knows? Maybe I'll be a grandma. Maybe grandma will be 20 years, 20 year goal. (laughs) Yeah, maybe
1: we'll see. But connected and meaningful connections with people and even kind of adventuring in life together, whether that's two places or growth and not just doing growth on your own, but with people in a connected way, in a connected space.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. Adventuring into life. I like yeah. that you said that word because I have not been the most adventurous person. I, it's just not me, but I see that in my future. I see more adventure. And maybe that's because now I'm more, I have more space to live. I have more capacity for the living. And I think that adventurous people have that. They have a, a zeal for life and when you're bogged down with lots of things, and again, there's no shame in that if that is you, but for me, I just had things that piled on, piled on, piled on. And then again, because the way I coped and then the way I numbed, it didn't allow for much living. It actually occupied a lot of my brain. And now that I have this free space it leaves room for some adventure and some excitement for some possibilities. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm not totally, totally there yet, but I can feel myself getting there and I see it in my future. So I'm excited to see where that, that takes me. That's awesome. I love it. Well, Katie, before we go, I know those are your four questions you have, which I loved them. Thank you for that. (laughs) But what is this nonprofit? So I started a
1: nonprofit. It's called Original Design Restored. And it kind of developed out of my own healing and growth journey. And so we have intensives, which are three days where we have a facilitated space with specific sessions that kind of take you through. It's kind of a mixture of like the gospel story, but also personal narrative. So reflecting on your own story and experiential learning, which is kind of learning through doing, not learning through someone teaching you, here's how you need to heal. So kind of experiencing, oh, how do I respond in this situation? Do I wanna respond that way? Do I wanna change? And just, it's small, small, small groups with volunteers and myself kind of facilitating growth and healing in kind of a connected, but it's not therapy. It's more just kind of processing your own story, reflecting on your own story. So it's story work. That's kind of the category it falls in and personal growth. And we also have a podcast. And so that's like the free way to connect with the tools that we have, where we kind of share all the content that we do at an intensive on our podcast, which is available as a podcast. Well, so what is the podcast name? So the podcast is also Original Design Restored. So either of those, you can find all of our stuff, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts are, and then our website as well.
0: So Original uh huh. Design, Design. restored. Restored. Yeah. Okay. I was just making sure you you say it so fast and I want to make sure people know exactly what you're saying. Original, design, restored. Yes. And I think that that's great. I love hearing more about that and our listeners getting yet another tool and a resource that they can have to listen to for that as they're walking through something and that connection. And each therapist that I have worked with has been experiential. Yes. And so I think that that's huge, and that's something you could even ask if you're feeling out for therapists. Like, hey, what are some things that you do? And just that, you know, one time even my therapist had me go stand on the side of the side of the room and be like, that represents me in North Carolina. This is just an example, right? And then I would walk over to the other side of the room, and that represents me in Nashville or whatever. But like when I'm there, it's weird. Like if you if you do it right. And you take on, you'll take on the emotions from that place or that state. And then you go over and then you're physically, even though you're in the same room, you're just switching. But it's just a way of you really being able to tap in and connect. And I have enjoyed it. And of course, that's just one little tiny example. I'm sure there's a therapist would be like, I could probably give a better (laughs) example than that. But that's one that was particularly powerful for me, because it was just literally in my living room and I was on zoom with my therapist and she had me walking from corner to corner. And at first I was kind of like, oh, this is ridiculous. And then I felt it. And I was like, Oh, like a light bulb went off. And I was like, Oh, I know
1: what to do now. Yes, <laughs> so. Because it's, it's an embodied experience. You're actually experiencing something as opposed to just taking in information. Correct. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love
0: it. And there's tons of other, yeah, like I said, activities and things that I've done with beanie babies before. In fact, I was even looking at a beanie baby that one of my therapists gave me because the beanie baby was me as a child and I talked to it and then she let me keep it and I have it in my closet. So there's things like that (laughs) that make you feel really weird in the moment. You're like, am I really talking to a beanie baby as myself as a child? But then the next thing you know, you're like crying as you talk to this little beanie baby and it's, it releases so much. And so, you know, don't knock until you try it. Yes. Well, thank you, Katie, for your work. I've got my son staring at me like, let's go outside and play. And here in Nashville today, when we're recording this, the sun is out and it is beautiful. So I'm going to go do my mom thing, which I know, Katie, you understand. And everybody, thank you so much for listening to these episodes and sending in emails. Katie, I'm glad you sent in an email, especially being a new-ish listener, only of like six months or so. And shout out to Kat's podcast, You Need Therapy. That is how we got linked up. You even found my podcast through that. So that's just super special, especially her being on my podcast network. I love that. It's full circle. And four things with Amy Brown at gmail.com is where you can send in an email if you would like to be like Katie and lead one of these listener Q&A episodes. So Katie, any final thoughts? No, I think just maybe
1: one is Everyone be brave if you need to take a step of growth. Might need to quote you on the fifth thing.
0: Go for it. (laughs) Kat and I always do a quote at the beginning. So why don't you say it again? Okay. So everyone be brave if you need to take a step of growth. Be brave. It is scary. Yeah. I remember taking that first step and some days it's going to be easier than others, but it truly is going to be one of the best things for you. If you can muster up the courage to do it and stay the course. Yeah. No reservations needed from affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories. They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style. No matter the size of your space, start planning a better summer with Ikea. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert.